Welcome to Take Another Look with Gerda Felix and Melanie Tadio Malo with a genuine conversation about what's missing from the human connection. Let's join Melanie and Gerda now. Welcome to Take Another Look podcast where we see you fully. My name is Gerda Felix and my co-host Melanie Tarot Malo. <laughs> Welcome everyone. Welcome to the live recording of Take Another Look. This is today our 30th episode. Are you happy to be with us? Because we are happy that you took the time to be with us today. And today the theme of our episode is living by design or by default. Isn't it a question that makes us wonder? Are you living your life by design or by default? In other words, are you living your life by conscious design or unconscious default? Melanie, as usual, when we have our podcast, Melanie and I, we are alone and we talk to each other. So today we will do that and then we will invite you to be part of the conversation. So Melanie, would you say that you are an unconscious game of life player or a conscious game of life maker? Well, Gerda, you know, it's interesting. I'll say this, you know, I think all of us have a certain percentage of our life that is by default, you know, the survival mode, that type of thing, you know, you got to get up, you got to work to pay the bills. But what I've really done over the last number of years with the pandemic is really start to design what I want my life to be like. How about you? Well, I think it's ebb and flow. Life is filled with self-help obstacles, such as people with good intentions. Most of us were taught erroneous beliefs that have contributed to false conceptions. And this is a dance between what we think we know and what it is in the present. So I go from being conscious to being unconscious <laughs> and then to being conscious again. So there is no either or because it is an unfolding. There is an end, an end. Because as we try to put life as either conscious or unconscious, then we are sometimes stuck in the moment. But if we know to pay attention to what's happening in the moment, okay, right now, well, I wasn't so much conscious because I allowed certain things to happen. Now I have observed that I can make the corrections. What do you think, Melanie? You know, I, I was listening to you, Garrett, and I was like, it's so true. And until we actually take time to reflect on what is occurring in our life, we'll just stay there because it's comfortable. It's what we know. And there's so many factors that impact our life, whether it's like you mentioned, our belief system, 
it's external factors, things happening in the world, in our community, in our families. And it can be overwhelming sometimes, can't it? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And when we are not aware of this, <laughs> we have a tendency, you know, from those false conceptions, we have probably, well, not probably, we have created and we continue to create our own beliefs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I would say most of the times, the beliefs that we created when we were children, we are operating on those beliefs to this day. Mm -hmm. To this day. You know, sometimes such as, let me give you an example of beliefs. Well, money does not go grow on trees. How many people have heard this belief? Oh, yes, money <laughs> doesn't grow on trees. What does that mean exactly? Because if in my mind, money does not grow on trees, well, I believe then I have to work very hard in order to get money. If I receive money easily, hmm, will I appreciate it as much? Because I have not done the hard work to get it. That's a question because that's a belief. So from those conceptions, we have created our own beliefs. And in dealing with those false conceptions, what we do, we process them in a number of ways, such as, well, we point the finger. <laughs> well, this is my parents' fault. My mother didn't do this. My father did not do this. My brother did not. My boyfriend, <laughs> he didn't do that. So we point the fingers. The blame game. Yay! Yes, Melody, do you have an example? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, of course. I didn't get that job because, oh, you know, it would they, they posted it even though they knew they were going to hire. Absolutely. Because in our minds, that negative voice that tells us what we, to make us feel better, right, Gerda? Sure. No, not at all. <laughs> it's that negative voice that tells us that it's okay to stay as we are. We need to step back, reflect, take a look at the situation. What did we learn from this situation? How can we then change up, change what our actions were, perhaps, how we prepared, what we did, and decide what we want to do differently. Yes, taking responsibility for our own happiness or unhappiness, because this is the only thing we can control. I tell you, there's no other way we are responsible from for what is happening. So therefore we are able to change what is happening when we are conscious. Because when we are not, then it's going to be somebody, somebody else's fault. So Gerd, I have a question for you on that. Ooh, would okay. You, would you say that in order to be more, become more aware and more responsible for our own life and what happens to us, that we need to take the time to really pay attention and reflect on the, what's happening? Absolutely. But we're so Absolutely. busy. Yeah? Pardon? But we're so busy. Yes, <laughs> yes, we are busy. And that's why I always say, if you can start with taking five minutes just to be in silence, 
just to pay attention to what you can hear. What are you tasting? What are you feeling? What's going on in your body? Five minutes every day, I promise you that as you go in life, as you are in relation, in connection with others, that practice will come handy. Do you agree, Melanie? Because I know you and I, <laughs> we meditate. <laughs> yes, and we think about all this stuff and reflect all the time. And then we talk about our reflections and then that's when the change happens. So I definitely agree. But Gerda, have you ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? I've heard of it. Okay. So basically he wakes up every day and it's the same thing over and over and over again. And when I think about this theme, I think of that movie because I think a lot of us are stuck in that cycle of same old, same old. What do mm -hmm. we do differently to change that? Well, I have a confession. During the pandemic, I was stuck in that, in that cycle. Melanie knows I was because every day it's the same thing. But guess what? We know who we are created to be. We know, we know in our heart. And when we get stuck to always doing the same thing over and over again, we are not happy because we know we were created for more. So what do we do? We listen, we journal, we talk to people who are good for us. Not the one who's going, who are going to trample on us, but the one who are good for us because it is important to make that distinction as well. You need to have people who appreciate you, who celebrate you in your life so that you can go to those people when you need to have more inspiration, you need to focus on what is the important in the present. Is there anything else you would like to add to oh, that, Melanie? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> I think what's really, really important is to give yourself permission to make mistakes, to be okay to be stuck for a bit, but once you recognize it, to take action to move forward, what is it that's gonna help you? Whether it's brainstorming ideas of what you want differently in your life, whether it's going to be something that is going to allow you opportunity to learn and grow, starting something new, a project, something that makes you feel excited about it, something different that's gonna push your limits. And even if you failed miserably, it's okay because you tried and then as you're trying all these different things, you're going to find out what makes you happy, what helps you live your very best life for you, because there's no cookie cutter way, because what's good for Gerda won't be good for me, won't be good for somebody else. So we have to discover and explore and find what type of life works best for us. Where are we happiest? Absolutely. As we all know, I hope we all know, <laughs> okay? If we don't, then now we know. <laughs> As we all know, a self-mastered person takes full responsibility for all their programmings, for their beliefs, for their feelings, for their behaviors, 
full responsibility. It is important to do so because when we do, we are able to stop what is going on that we do not like. But when we don't, we keep, think, we keep thinking the other person is in charge of our life, which is not true. Melanie? How do we make this mind shift? Gerda, my gosh, that's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is, but it's a fun one. Okay, I'll give you an example. So one, two years ago, before the pandemic, I should say now, three years ago, mm -hmm. I was having a birthday party. I was having a birthday party and I invited a lot of people. I think in total, we were about 36 people who came to the party. As they were coming, I had told them, please park your car at the church because we, my sister lived close to a church. So they did this. When they got there, there was someone who was, they were putting the lines in the church. So the cars came and then my friends <laughs> started to tell me, there's a guy outside is not very happy that we park here. So I thought, okay, let me go and find out. But before I went, this is what I said. I put out two intentions. I'm going to see what the problem is and I'm going to find a solution. Two intentions. If I didn't do that, the person, the angry man would have eaten me alive, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I tell you. And this is why I'm saying this. So I got there, started to talk to him or at least tried to talk to him. He was so mad, he was fuming. And I said, so how can we get to a solution? I don't care, I don't even want to talk to you. He was really mad. I called my bosses, my boss is coming. The bus came and the bus was also not happy. He came, put his brake on, slammed the door. But here is what I, you before I went to see them, I said to my nephew, come and see, come with me. Because you know, as a woman, I know that I need to be protected. I said to my nephew, come with me. He said, why, why auntie? I'm not going to do anything. I said, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to show up so that they know that there's a man with me. <laughs> so, so as I'm talking to this, the man is really is not happy. And in the end, I said to him, okay, would you like me to pay you for the work that this man has done? No, I'm not asking for money. Okay. <laughs> would you like me to ask my, my guests to get out of the party? No, 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 they're already. Okay. So in my mind, I'm thinking, what exactly does he like? And he said, how many people are still coming? I said, I, I have two more guests. And I said, and if you'd like, I'll stay in the parking and wait for them. No, 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 I can't ask you to do that. So why is it that they're coming? I said, I'm having a party. Whose party is it? I said, it's my birthday. <gasps> and everything changed. I said, would you like to come to my birthday party? He said, no, but I am so sorry. I am really sorry. He apologized. My nephew said, after they left, my nephew said, that's it, what happened? I said, well, 
what happened. I didn't get them. I didn't let them bring me into their focus. <laughs> I'm not focusing to, you know, I didn't let them do that because my intention was to find out what was the problem and find out what was the solution. If you are not conscious and aware, people will bring you into their life, into their egoness, because they're not aware of that. That's what you have to be careful of. What do you think, Melanie? Do you have an example of your own? For me, what really resonated, Gerda, is the intention. When you work from a place of intention and you have focus on what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's an aspect of your life, a situation like you just shared, for me, you can't go wrong because you are focusing on accomplishing that intention. You come from a good intention. Most likely you, your intentions will be good from a good part, place in your heart or your mind. And if anything strives you differently, then you lose focus and that intention will change. So being intentional in all our decisions is so vital. When I think about anything that I start, for example, I'm starting a new project. I want to focus again. What is it that I want to get out of it? I have a vision, an idea, a concept. I make my list because you know me, Garrett, I'm famous for my lists of all the things I want to accomplish to reach my goal. And then I set deadlines for myself. Yes, I'm deadline oriented. And I love that. Check, check, check. But if I lose focus of my original intention, my outcomes are not going to be what I was looking for. It was not living my life of purpose. I fall back into that default because I stay where I'm safe and comfortable. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Living our life by design means that we are conscious at least 80% of the time. This is not only in the big moments, and this is especially in the small moments because the small moments make up our life. There is a universal law that states, if you can't define it, you can't have it. That's why intention is important because if you cannot define it, you cannot have it. And that's something to really understand and pay attention to. Melanie. You know, all of the um, billionaires, all of the successful entrepreneurs, they come from a place of intention, of purpose. They understand what it is they want to achieve in their business, in their life, and they go for it. They don't hesitate. They put a plan together with intention, with a purpose, the end goal in mind. And they do step-by-step step whatever it takes to get there. Now, there may be detours, of course, because let's face it, life happens. Things may not go as scheduled. People may not cooperate. But as long as you stay with that mindset of intention and come from that goal-minded focus, amazing things happen. Absolutely. You know, in this post-pandemic, First of all, let's, let's agree that it has been a terrible <laughs> two years. Let's agree on that, okay? Even if we've done things that were amazing, 
during this pandemic, it has not been fun for most of us. And even if it started as being fun, like for me, when I first started, I was like, oh, the pandemic doesn't even touch me. I'm good. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought until June of last year. Okay. So I know that for all of us, the pandemic has had an effect. Let's at least observe this and acknowledge it. Okay, because you know, I just said, if you can't name it, if you can't define it, it's not only in the good, it's also in the bad. Because by defining it, you are acknowledging it and therefore you can change it, okay? Now, there is a new way. A new way has started, whether we are conscious of it or not. We have a new way of thinking, okay? Whenever someone is sick, what is the first question we ask them? You have COVID? I, <coughs> you have COVID? <laughs> that's our new way of thinking. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what, it, that's what it is, okay? You ask yourself, are you safe? in the environment that you are in, okay? It's a new way of thinking because before COVID, we did not have that. There's a new way of being. We hear the word multiverse. This is a new word. We didn't have that word before. Multiverse. It feels like we are, we are going into multidimensional happenings in our life. We have to be very mindful of that. Diverse. We hear this all the time now. Okay, diversity. A new way of being means that as we come on Zoom, we see people all over the world, which before that didn't happen. But because of Zoom, because of the pandemic, you know that you never know who's going to be there with you. And what that does is that we become more multicultural than before because we have to pay attention to one another of the way we think, of the way we were brought up, of our cultures, of our customs. This is a melting pot. The melting pot, we are in it. Before we, we could see it on television and be okay, but now we are in it. So we are, there's a new way of doing things. Melanie. For, for us as, you know, any individual that comes from a diverse background, we have to acknowledge that each of us is unique, but we have our own special talents and gifts. And we'd be aware and open to learning from each other and having conversations, not from a place of judgment, but from a place of curiosity and truly getting to understand each other's perspectives helps better us. I think about, yes, the pandemic was definitely difficult and challenging. And there was a lot of terrible things that happened, but you're right. It impacted us all good and bad. But I like to think of all of the things that have come out of it that are positive, that have shaped me and my mindset in a very different way of looking at the world, at my own life, and at the world we're living in now in 2022. 
because things have changed, they have shifted. And if we're not in tune with that, we're gonna be falling behind and left behind. So it's important to be aware, to keep in mind what our intentions are. When we come to any conversation, are we open? Are we fully listening? Are we fully present? Or are we in our own mind? Oh, I know this topic, I don't need to listen. I've done this before. Then we're not truly present, we're not learning and we're not benefiting or growing. And therefore we're not intentional. So I think what you're saying, Gerda, brings so many thoughts to my mind, but also it also brings back to me the challenges that we face. Because let's face it, Gerda, anything new can be challenging. So being solution focused as you and I are, yes, we can say trial and error, but are, do you have any tips that really help us when we're trying all this new stuff out, Gerda? Absolutely. Thank you for asking this question. And I will be very honest. I am the queen of resistance. So anything new, I start resisting it. And I know that. How do I know that? Because I feel it in my body. How do I know that? Because I have, I have practiced, I continue to practice meditation. Therefore, when something new comes, I know where it affects me in my body. That's my way of observing. And because I observe, I am able to change. I am able to understand the resistance. I'm, I'm able to hear myself. You know, for example, I, I'll give you an example. I am walking outside. I see someone and I have my own judgment. Yeah, maybe she shouldn't have wear, wear this. This color doesn't really fit him. Like, but if I, I am not conscious of what I am doing, there's a problem. But me being conscious about it, I know that has nothing to do with the other person. That has to do with me. And that's why the observing, the learning not to judge ourselves and to accept ourselves as we are. Because when we can do this with ourselves, we are able to do it for somebody else. Melanie? So now that we have that tip and we've been put into practice and we know it doesn't happen overnight, it comes with practice for sure. And being forgiving for ourselves because let's face it, we're human. How do we apply this to living our life with purpose, intention, instead of falling back into that comfortable default system? Love that question. <laughs> and that will that brings me to why I ask everyone to rename themselves. Why you were asked to rename yourself with an adjective or a title that speaks of who you are. Because this is something that we will talk about. If you don't know, this is part of your intention. If you don't know what moves you, okay? For example, for me, I put active listener. Active, I, <laughs> I listen so actively that sometimes there are certain things I wish I did not hear. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> and because I know that about myself, I have, to, I have to pay attention, observe, because as much that it does good, as much it does sometimes not so good. 
because there are certain things I hear I don't want to hear. But because of my active listening skills, I am able to understand the pros and the cons. Melanie. For me, I put passionate. And you know, Garrett, I do everything with passion. I'm a passionate teacher, passionate speaker, passionate everything. However, I have to be mindful. Not everybody likes my passion and it can come across as overwhelming. I can be really excited about something like earlier when you and Sean and I joined. Oh, I'm so excited. And you, okay, I just need to calm down because we do different things. So although I may be passionate, I also have to be mindful of how my passion will impact others. That doesn't dissuade me from being passionate, but perhaps the way I show it might be something I need to take into my consideration. Yes, absolutely. And that's why it's important to know, to know what drives you. You know, Melanie talked about passionate. And the first thing I thought, passionate goal maker, <laughs> because she will be with you on you for the goals. She's focused on the goal. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I love working with Melanie for that reason, because I can tell you I'm not a goal person. I'm, I'm more of an intention I set my intention and things come to me. <laughs> and that's why I, that's the way I like to live my life. But I, I feel it is important to have someone like Melanie, who's also going to talk to me about the goals. And this so is when she I'm... talked about, yes, when she talked about passionate, the first thing that came to mind is passionate goal maker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And this is why we work well together, Gerda, because we were bounce off each other. And you're right. If we are both totally passionate goal setters. Oh my goodness, it would be disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> now, Melanie, it's the time to have the conversation or invite our guests to the conversation. Oh, I can't wait. Are you excited? I am so excited. This is our 30th episode. My gosh, we've done 30 of these. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes, that's right. So this is why we need to definitely have a conversation with our guests. We've invited some really special people to be part of our conversation for a change. So I think we'll call on Sean. How are you doing today, Sean? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Excellent. So I'm hoping you're going to help Garrett and I moderate this conversation because you can see all the handsome and beautiful people in the room and I don't know is there anybody jotted anything in the chat or perhaps somebody wants to raise their hand that they'd like to talk about how they're living their life by default or design or maybe talk a little bit about the word they selected or their title to tell us a little bit why well, the exciting Ali Musa was really excited to get his hand up as soon as you said that. So let's go to Ali first. Hi, Ali. Hi, 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 Melanie, and all the rest of you. I, I am ex you know I chose excited because I am very goal oriented and I trust my process. This is what I'm set out to do. And this is what I'm going to, and this is what I will do. Okay. And do you approach life from excited perspective? I do. And I also approach it from the perspective of knowing what to do and finding workarounds. I have a question. Can I ask a question to you, Ali? Absolutely. 
Okay, so since we are looking, because you see, for me, life is a paradox. So there's, you know, good and bad. What part of being excited could you view as not so good? That is a good question. <laughs> what part? <laughs> well, one thing I can think of for that is something is perhaps of downtimes. If something just is not going the way that you first envisioned, uh, like like when you were talking about that how you, that something could go wrong and those types of moments but it's it's really for me about trusting that process thank you ali <laughs> thank you for for answering the question thank you very much Excellent. sean let's go to beverly next hello beverly Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm a person, I should have renamed myself, sorry. I'm a hardworking person. Can you tell us more about that, please? I'm a person who loves to help out around the house, who loves to do chores, um, really just help out my mom much as possible. So I'm housework, a housewife, uh, how do you say that? House working person. Okay. So is that a good thing or is it a not so good thing? Or it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> and I, I look at life as wonderful. The things Very I can good. do, the things I can do, the, uh, the things I'm able to do. And I think I, I'm, I, I appreciate life. And so I look you. The, that's why I look at that's how I look at life. It's like amazing and wonderful. And I appreciate being here to experience it. Excellent, Beverly. Thanks so much for sharing. And definitely being hardworking will help you in designing a life with purpose. So that's amazing. Sean? Next we have the goal setter and Dockery. <laughs> Yay, fellow goal setter. Well, appropriate, as you well know, Melanie, as we do work together quite often, and I am a goal setter, but there is a positive and a negative to this, no doubt. I live with a goal setter, too, and his goals need to be done first. So I also have to be a prioritizer in the sense that if I want to get something done and I don't need his help, I do what I need to get done ahead of time. Because his goals, as he's aging, just like the rest of us, they become more important. And when they do, that means it's infringing on my time. And I also have to share that time. I too am a very positive and uplifting person and a mentoring person at the same token. But I do set myself with the goals. The very first goal when I set for today was to make sure that I attend this today and I accomplished that goal because it's so easy to get sidetracked. 
Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the fact that I work with a pile of people who have different traits that they enhance my skill sets and I enhance theirs. So yes, I'm a goal setter. Thank you, Gerda. You Thank have you. Questions for Anne. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you have a question for Anne? Because I know you. Of course, you you know I love asking questions. <laughs> I'll try and answer. <laughs> or, or you know, and it's funny. I always say this to people: when I ask you a question, if you don't have the answer, you don't have to answer it right away. It's you know, please understand. It. It's a question. Most of the time that I ask question, it's for you to ponder later on. That that's the reason. So here's my question to you. Who did you have to become or to let go of in order to get here? For today or in general? In general. I'm going to have to say a lot of my childhood. Mm. So I could become the person I wanted to become and move forward and stay focused. Okay. Didn't have to ponder that one too hard. No, I saw that. <laughs> Thank awesome. you, Anne. You're welcome. <laughs> Sean. And next we will go to the resilient Getile. Thank you very much, Sean, and uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. I'm calling in from South Africa, so it's it's nighttime. It's 10 to 8 p.m. Oh. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I define myself as resilient. And that is because, and, and funny enough, I was thinking about this during the week. I am a person who makes intentional decisions and take intentional actions for me to meet my goals. And when I hit a pothole or a blockage, I think of a way to go around it and still continue on my path because I need to achieve the particular goal. And that has put me in trouble at times, especially with my daughter, my first child. She is very emotional and, you know, feely, feely person. So she has said to me many times, I just wanted you to listen to what I was telling you and not give me time to think about solutions. Because I will ask you, so now that you're meeting this pothole, what are you going to do? What are you thinking about? Because you need to go around this problem. So I need at times to slow down for others. But for me, I find it very easy when I meet a blockage. I just think of how to go around it. Luckily, I am a runner and I run long distances. So in my running time, which is a very special me time, that's when I think about solutions to the problems that I have. So that's how I am resilient. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Steely. And you know, it's important that you've realized that the impact it has on others and that you've found solutions a lot. That's beautiful. I have Thank a question. <laughs> I have <Go> a question. <laughs> you know, especially, and it, it's the same in life, but I know because you are a runner, 
that although you have practiced, you know, to get to where you want to go, to get to the marathon, to get to running that long distance, there are times that perhaps you feel parts of your body is like weak or not cooperating. How, <laughs> yes, what do you need to, who do you need to be in that moment in order for you to persevere? Thank you, Gera. That's a very good question. And a very good one where I am now in my running journey uh, because I've taken up, I've signed up to run a 55 miles marathon. So there are days, it, it's grueling training. It takes a lot out of you. When I get to the day when I don't want to wake up because we wake up very early to do a run because we still got work. I think of the finish line. So I become the winner. I think of that moment when I cross the finish line with my hands raised up and I've conquered. And that drives me, that helps me to wake up, sit up, tie the shoelaces of my running shoes and go out there and run. And at times during the running, it becomes difficult depending on the course that I have taken for that route. Those times I think of the finish line. How does it feel? How, and I can even taste, because we drink uh, Pepsi Cola at the finish line. I can even taste the Pepsi Cola. <laughs> so that drives me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because I, I do think it is important because everything we start in life, we get to those moments where we don't feel like continuing, it's too hard. And how do you push yourself to continue? So thank you for you for your answer, Gatili. <laughs> thank you again. Sean. Let's go to the intentional Demetrius. Hello, Demetrius. Hello. Hello, everyone. I am calling from the United States, in particular the Washington, DC uh, area. And Welcome. I am been listening to the conversation between Melanie and Gerda, and I agree that life is about ebb and flow, whether you're living by design or by default. And I will say, as you mentioned, those erroneous beliefs, I had been living for the most part by default based on what was told to me on uh, how you get to where you get to, and just accepting when things did not happen that, oh, well, that's out of my control. I don't have anything to do. I just have to be subjected to whatever those things are. But as I've gotten older and I have, um, and like uh, Anne uh, mentioned that she's mentoring, I have too have become mentoring and I have found much value in being mentored by those um, that are, have already gone where I'm, I'm trying to go. Um, and really being able to take that their counsel and use it so, so I can move forward. So this is definitely why I had chosen intentional as my word, because now that I'm older, I have some experience behind me. Those failures allowed myself, as Melanie said, to make those mistakes and, you know, give myself permission to make those mistakes, not beat myself up but be intentional on how I am going to get where I need to go. And 
Um, and I also too <laughs> can be a little bit of a, a driver and I have to be able to pull back sometimes so I can just be the sounding board that people need instead of, okay, look, all right, let's go. Let, um, all right, put that behind you. Don't let, don't sit there. Let's, and, and, but again, sometimes people just need that space, but I, uh, again, like to be intentional about where I'm going, what things that I like to, um, what I'm trying to accomplish. And interesting enough is I am very intentional about educating myself, particularly on the things that I want. And of, of recent, I just signed up at my job um, as a collateral duty to be an EEO counselor. And then I also signed up to be a, to get a, um, they are offering career, uh, certified career coaching. So I signed up for that. So I am really looking forward to using my mentoring talents to help others. <laughs> that is incredible, Demetrius. It's amazing. How long did it take you to get to this understanding of yourself and becoming intentional? 40 years. <laughs> It seemed like it, when I turned 40 is when I really at least felt comfortable to be able to stand in who I am, you, um, the, the, my limitations, be able to set boundaries so that one, I know what I can do and to also let others know what I will or won't do. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well said. Thank you. Thank you, Demetrius. Sean? Next would be the unexpected Ben. <laughs> well, hello, it's nice to uh, meet you, Gerda, and I've already worked with Melanie as a part of the broadcasting program, but I chose the title of unexpected because to a degree I've always lived my life with a little bit of uncertainty because I was born 10 weeks prematurely with cerebral palsy. So there was a lot of uncertainty of, first of all, is he going to make it? Thankfully, I'm here, but uh, the other expectations were, okay, what is the degree of his disability going to be? How is he going to live his life going forward? And on a more positive note, I would say unexpected because I like to think of myself as a polite and authentic person, but it's unexpected about the kind of positive effect that you can have on people just by being yourself and the kind of unexpected result that you can get from that. Like I never expected through three out of four years in high school to be an honor student. I never expected that for developing my career as a broadcaster I would have so many wonderful resources like Melanie and Sean at my disposal just by reaching out. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I have a question. <laughs> I'll try my best to answer. <laughs> How have you grown comfortable in that uncertainty? Oh, that's a good one. Well, first of all, there's uncertainty in every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, okay, what is the uncertainty? What elements of this uncertainty can you control? And it's a matter of, okay, this is what you can't control, this is what you can't. I can control the fact that I can choose to be happy about where I am in life, or I can choose to be miserable, sit in my bed, and eat a lot of Hershey's chocolate. But I choose to try to shatter what people would believe as an expectation. Like, for example, they might think, 
Oh, he probably sits in his house all day. No, I choose to go out and I choose to talk to people. I choose to try to find what I want to do for a living as opposed to what someone might think. Oh, he probably does this or that. And I get the biggest kick out of the smile or surprised look on other people's faces, whether I surpassed your expectations or if I just made you chuckle. <laughs> Thank you. Melanie? Uh, I, I'm, I'm just looking at Ben, and it's it's amazing, Ben, because yes, unexpected, but I think also unexpected, you kind of surprise yourself too sometimes, don't you? Oh, yeah. I think sometimes when um, I'm looking back at uh, the work that I've done over the years, I just look at myself and I go, wait a minute, I was just trying to do a job. I was trying to follow instructions and it turned out that they liked it that much. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and that's it. So unexpected can be good and bad. Yep, it all depends <laughs> how you choose to look at it. One exactly. I love the fact you use choices. That was great. Well done. Sean? It's time for the shift disturber, Krista. <laughs> oh, Krista, I love it. <laughs> I feel like I want everybody to introduce me that way when I walk into a room now. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my Starbucks order. Um, so, you know, it's hello, everybody. You know, it's really interesting listening to the words and the perspectives because a lot of them are resonating with me. And I think a lot of them come to us eventually in setting boundaries and priorities. And for me, it did also come, uh, Demetra said at 40, for me, it you know, came to me at 45. And I realized I didn't have to live the status quo. I could say no to the status quo. I didn't have to live on autopilot. I could be much more intentional. And even if it meant prioritize myself, that didn't mean, you know, eluding responsibilities. It just meant including myself in the responsibilities and the priorities. And the way that I was able to do that was by setting boundaries. So sometimes it's fun to, you know, live in perfection, although it's hard to attain and, you know, have, draw the perfect picture. But often it's a lot of fun to color outside the lines because that's where the opportunity is. That's where the change is. That's where you can find something different. And I've really been someone who didn't like the rock the boat, was a people pleaser, was an accommodator, was an enabler. And now that I can make intentional decisions for myself, change isn't so scary because I don't just look at it as being negative. We often attach a negative attack, uh, connotation to change. And I really embrace change and look forward to change now as an opportunity to do something different. So I very much live by design. Um, I've lived by default most of my life, but it doesn't have to be there. Flip the switch, get off autopilot and, you know, strut your own course. Love it. Love it. Gerda, do you have a question for Krista? Because I know you've got the deep questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Krista said, actually, Krista said the same thing that that um, Demetrius said when, when they talked about it's uh, in their 40s. <laughs> that, you know, and I kept thinking of the song by Charles, 
Charles has that word that says, it's at 40 that the women are beautiful. <laughs> There's a song like this. So that's funny that you guys mentioned 40. What, what I would like to know is that once you have come to that realization, what was it for you that brought you there? You know, it's interesting that you just talked about 40, because I think this course is set for us. And this is the expectation, the status quo of all the things that we're supposed to achieve that define success. And I think in coming up in, you know, getting the job, having my education, getting married, having kids, having the house, doing all of those things. And then I reached 40 and I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> Where's the happiness? Where is the success? Where do I go from here? And, you know, now it's retirement sitting in a chair and then knocked off. I don't think so. So I think it's really, you know, it was that moment of I can take control and oh my gosh, you know, not only have I learned these lessons, I can now live them and bring them forward, but I can now design what I want my life to look like. So I don't actually regret a lot of the status quo that's happened because there were a lot of lessons and fails and successes in those, even though it was driven maybe not by what I wanted, but other people's priorities. Uh, but there were a lot of lessons and experiences I can take forward. So, I, you know, it really is now, what do I want to be? Um, what do I want to do? It doesn't have to be a decision made at 18 and then you're stuck. Um, and I think that's really the takeaway message is we're never really stuck. If you want something different, make a different decision. And that's where I'm at. Absolutely. Thank you. Sean. And next it's time for Lucky Kelly. Sean, thank you very much. And uh, Melanie Garrett, a really wonderful conversation. Hello, everybody. For myself, I was, and I called myself lucky for the particular reason that my family growing up, we would always say, well, if we didn't have any bad luck, we wouldn't have any at all. But we also would laugh because we knew we certainly were aware there could be more tragedies in one's life than we certainly experienced. I was always raised, don't expect other people to do what I would do. Don't put that expectation on people. Be me, let other people be themselves and embrace that and embrace being myself. I'm not gonna be everyone's cup of tea, which gave you that, that permission to kind of, huh, okay, I'll go through life and do what I can do. What I used to think were unlucky times where maybe I wanted something, I wanted to direct something. And maybe I was told, you know, that would be really hard as a blind person for you to achieve that, or that didn't work out well, you weren't picked to do that. Oh, I got nothing but that bad luck the family talked about. Oh, boy, I've got to go about it the long way, go around, try something else. So the motivation to direct was was okay, was there. My lagging area was commitment never wanted to say, yeah, I can get that done, or no, I don't want to be on, a, on the board for that. Thank you for asking me. That's very flattering, because I didn't want to commit and fail or get there and say, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not for me. I found trouble in that. And I would say that was the one area that I did always swerve. When I started committing and saying, you know what, this is fun. This is okay. I don't have to be great at it. And I remember a, a, a manager at work asking me, could you get this project done? And me not wanting to commit 
And finally her stopping and saying, hey, do you think you can get this done by Thursday? I don't know. I, I don't want to say I can. Well, then just say you can. And if you can't, come to me and ask for more time. And at that point, it dawned on me, that's expected of everyone. That's okay. That's, again, maybe a goal not achieved. So some of those, I have to go this way instead of to the right. Maybe those were those long ways around that taught me a lot of things. The perseverance, the left or right, Kelly, you choose. You figure it out. So what I con conceived as unlucky became very lucky. Because I was that kid who wanted to do broadcasting, that kid who wanted to mess around a bit with theater. And I've grown up to achieve a lot of the things and more that I wanted to do. Did luck cause all of it? Absolutely not. It's that being able to stop as we were talking about earlier and assessing and seeing, yeah, let's not try that move. Oh, that was a bad move though. That <laughs> didn't work out. And being able to laugh at it and recognize it's okay to go back and try again. It's okay to go back and choose the other. It's okay to make the mistakes. It's okay to fail. It's a big thing to listen to yourself and other people, but watch how much talk you do, whether it's in your own head or listening to too much talk from others. So for me, the lucky part, yes, it's easy to say I've been able to do all sorts of things I've wanted to do. If one said, what else do you want to do in life? Well, I could do this, could do that. No luck involved. Just try to do it. Am I good at everything? Absolutely not. But it's really been a wonderful experience to stop, to be given, given myself that permission and to even have other people ask, hey, can you help mentor me through this? And have other people that I've asked, would you mind mentoring me through this? Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of luck. Well, a lot of learning that at a young age, trying different things and failing and not being the greatest and accepting that, but still persevering and realizing at some point, everyone is to go through this. That's part of life. That's the gift that we've been given to wonder, to think things out, to achieve and to fail. And all Absolutely. of it is good. Absolutely, Kelly. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I like what you said, because, you know, more and more in my life, I have noticed, and this is what I've come to understand, there is no such thing as failure. Yeah, exactly. Because if there was, we wouldn't have electricity right now. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so what true. I think about. Melanie, do you have a question for Kelly? You know, it's interesting, Kelly, because when you, they say of luck, we think it's something that you know just happens. Mm -hmm. But the way you've explained it, good and bad, how has the word or the term lucky evolved from you, you, you when you talked about your, your growing up from there to today? Because I've learned that what one would consider failures or bad luck, oh, that didn't work out have taught me the biggest lessons and also forced me to say, oh, really? Oh, no, no, we're not stopping there. I'm going back in there again. I'm going to try again uh, because it peeved me off. So <laughs> what would have been conceived by a lot of people as this is bad luck, give up. I'm not going to, it made me angry, made me frustrated, but also mostly taught me tremendous lessons. So where I couldn't just leave things to fate and had to 
work for it. That failure made me go back and try again. Excellent. Thanks for sharing, Kelly. Thanks, guys. Sean, who's next? Next is the impulsive Hannah. Ah, hey, Hannah. <laughs> Hello, Anna. Good. For you, good morning. Good evening for us, Katile. I first, I first had the word in front of my name, explosive. But then I changed it. I'm surely I am one of the most senior citizens here with you. And in my school days, you were told what to do, especially if you are at boarding school and at school. Hannah, do this. Hannah, do that. Or whoever does it. So I got explosive because I didn't want to do what they wanted to do. I wanted to do it my way. Nevertheless, <laughs> then when I got married, I was impulsive. And so sometimes explosive, especially with my children, if they didn't do what I wanted to do, because I was brought up, do this, do that. So I thought I'd do that to my children too. Then my one daughter tells me, Ma, slow down to a panic, please. <laughs> so <laughs> I was then, I'm still impulsive, definitely. And then the last one, I think now I have mellowed. But sometimes if anything doesn't go my way, I still explode and become impulsive. And then I have to think what I say before I say it in public. And I have, think I have done it because I am a member of the zodiac sign of the lion and they are <clears throat> and that is me sometimes <clears throat> it still comes out thank you thanks hannah care to have a question for hannah because i know you're thinking <laughs> something deep <laughs> anna the impulsive anna <laughs> i i like the impulsive anna because uh, many times when she says something i I'm thinking the same way and the way she comes out with it, I like that it is like that. So now, Anna, you did mention that when you were a child that people were telling you, you know, what to do. Do you at sometimes, even now, still have the voice of people telling you what to do? And oh, do yes. Yes, okay. Oh, yes, definitely. Def not, not so much telling me how to do but directing me in that direction. Mm -hmm. then sometimes I get impulsive and then this little voice in my head from my daughter says mother slow down to a panic and then I mellow down but it's uh, it, it all these years I have been impulsive I am still sometimes impulsive but then I do I, or I have mellowed down thank you mm -hmm. thank you Anna Thank you. And what I wanted to bring out is that we, all of us, we have the voice. We have the voice of the people, our caretakers, our teachers, our parents, we have the voice. And, and I know because when I am in conversation with people and 
we're talking about something and then suddenly they say something and I, I usually ask myself, what year are we in now? Or what mm -hmm. voice are they listening to now? Because we all have it. And that's something to also be aware of. That's, and that's important. So thank you, Anna. Sean? And next, let's go to Glennis the Encourager. <laughs> Hello, Glennis. Hi, Gilda. Hi, Melanie. I just wanted to say thank you so much for organizing this event. I love the title of this event, Live Your Life by Design. And I, as I was listening to your podcast and also listening to everybody's questions, uh, what Kelly said also struck with me. He said, you know, you cannot put your expectations on people. You have to find the happiness within. During the pandemic, um, yes, it was a difficult time. I acknowledge that. Um, but I'm a person who takes action. And so for me, taking action has enabled me to really find the joy in life. I started a podcast, which is a walking podcast, and I try to bring value to others. But um, being intentional is so important, and it has taught me that, uh, you know, we are in control of our own happiness. So we cannot put expectations on people. Just to give you a little example, during the pandemic, I became a caregiver for my mom, who's in her 80s, and um, also my son came back home to live with us in the sense after graduation. So we've got different dynamics in the house. We've got an 80-year-old, we've got 20-year-old, and both my husband and I in our 50s. But So it's quite interesting, all of the different emotions that can sometimes come in to make to steal your happiness, right? And it's a, it's a choice. So I've learned through this pandemic and through my experiences that no matter what happens and how each one in the family behaves, it is my choice whether I can react or I can respond. And that example you gave, Gurda, of that parking incident also demonstrated to me that there are things that happen that sometimes we're not happy about, but then taking a step back reflecting whether if I blow up and start calling them names or speak rudely to them, will that be good or will that be bad? You have to choose whether you want to be right or you want to be happy. And so, you know, I said all of that just to say that it's taught me that to be grateful, you know, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be a caretaker with my mom and, you know, be a server to everybody. I get to do it. So I get to do it. I've been chosen to do it. And, you know, sometimes looking after a senior, it can be a bit, uh, you know, much. It is a lot. But when you shift that, like um, Krista said, a shift disturber, I love that name. You shift your mindset and you think, you know what, this is a temporary situation and I get to take care of my mom, right? I get to do it. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. I get to be a server to, you know, my son who is, could have chosen to live on his own, but he's been here with us. So it's shifting your mindset and your response, even through this pandemic and all the different situations. Many people have been in really terrible situations, but when you shift your mindset, that's when the happiness comes. So in conclusion, I just wanted to say thank you to you, Melanie, and to you, Gerda, for this platform, for this podcast, 
because it is so inspiring to see the both of you bring so much value to the world through this podcast. So keep on at it. And I really want to congratulate you on your 30th episode. Thanks, Glynis. Truly Thank appreciate you, <laughs> Thank you, Glynis. Well said. You know, more and more as I am listening to everyone, I want to share that the law of manifestation is be, do, and have. Everything starts with being. Success comes with being. And we cannot be anybody else but our own self. We cannot, it's not possible. I know I tried. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I know, I am telling you, I know I tried. It's not possible until you become who you truly are and do what you came to do. There's no having. So that's why it is important to take the time to understand the being. Who are you being? When I saw those two men in the parking, you know, what? when people get mad at me, this is what I see. <laughs> And I think it's a blessing. When people get mad at me, I see them as a child. <laughs> I'm like, look at those children acting up. <laughs> okay, that's what I said to myself in order for me to give myself and others empathy. Because you wouldn't go at a child, you know, who's, because you understand they're children. They don't have the same maturity. They don't have the same understanding. They, they, there's many things they don't have as you the adult. So that's why I talk about self-mastered when we become, because it's a journey. When we become self-mastered people, we are truly and fully responsible for everything that happens in our life. Melanie? Yeah, no, I, you know, it's, I'm just sitting and observing and listening to everybody's thoughts and perspectives and how they see their life and how this impacted them. This adjective and title Gary that a great great idea and I know that we want to have hear from more people but let's just tap to Sean Sean station manager that's a title yes. that that Sean is a title and actually we do have something in the chat here we can come back to me in a moment okay go for it <laughs> we have a comment from the dedicated boomy and I consider myself dedicated because I always try my possible best to complete whatever I start. I just believe there's most times a reward for completing anything I start. It may not be a physical reward. It could be just the joy that comes from having accomplished something. Accomplishments make, make me feel like I'm actually moving forward and not stagnant. I used to live my life by default, but some say five or six years back, I decided to do whatever makes me happy and fulfilled, not caring about what people said or felt. Now, I have a question. Is Bumi going to be willing to unmute to answer? Yeah, sure. Okay, so what happened to make that shift in your life? Oh, I just needed to be told to do something, just this one thing that I really, I know that I don't want to do just yet maybe i might end up doing it later in life i was just told to do this thing and there's so much pressure that came with it the pressure was overwhelming i never thought i could feel that much pressure before and then that just 
that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I made up my mind then that I'm not going to do this thing right now. Maybe if I will, I'll do it at my own convenience. And I will not only do this thing right now, I will also not do whatever it is that anyone asks me to do that I'm not comfortable with or that I'm not ready to do. I'll do things that I want to do at my own convenience, at my own pace, and do whatever makes me happy and whatever makes me fulfilled. Plus, I also feel that I'm too old for people to be deciding how to live, how I should live my life. Maybe if I were younger, that would have been fine. But I mean, I'm an adult, so I should be able to make my decisions by myself. Thank you so much, Bumi. Garrett, do you have a question for Bumi? No, I don't have any question. <laughs> you had your question. Okay. When you ask your question, I, I tried not to ask questions. Oh, when fair you... enough. Okay. So <laughs> should we go back to Sean, Gerda? What do you think? Because I think well, he's trying to avoid this conversation. We do have one person. So Sean, yes, go ahead. Oh, we have Transmute to Transform, Jen. <laughs> Hello, Jen. Hello, lovely ladies. How are you? Good, Jen. <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome. So I was at the clinic earlier. <laughs> Just got back in. I absolutely love this topic. It is something that I find is crucial no matter what age. And yes, you all are on the right path. It just seems to have around the 40s. There's a huge shift that happens, especially with women. I don't know what it is, but it's absolutely amazing when it does happen. I got to say, you know, we wake up one day and either we realize that our life was chosen for us, we fell into it, we were directed by something or we were forced. We never really, and I think that's where that shift comes from when we get into our 40s is we're starting to reevaluate ourselves. We're reevaluating our beliefs, our decisions, our faith. We reevaluate, you know, the conformity. We've all been conformed in so many different ways. And I find that we get to a point where we must stop, hit that reset button in a sense, and start to kind of just take charge. And with that taking charge is sitting back and knowing yourself, hmm. going within first and foremost, because guess what? When we sit in the, I don't know, has anybody ever been in that, in, in that seat where everything is just, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Can I get a show of hands? Yeah. It's a little bit of weird, right? Guess what? That is the best place to be because if you don't know, then who knows? And if you don't know, now's the time for you to pick up that pen and start designing the life that you choose by becoming the best version of yourself. Hmm. Well said, well said. I heard that Oprah spent five years after she decided that she was not going to do her Oprah show anymore and she bought, she started a new network, it took five years. So whenever I feel in that moment, I always say, oh, well, Oprah took five years and she had more experience than me then. You know, I can sit and I can, as you said, take the pen and write and it will come to me. <laughs> so I agree with you. I totally agree. And again, 
when we mention, you mentioned, I mentioned, Melanie mentioned, and so many different people mentioned, being, it starts with the being. Because when we get to that point, when we know who we truly are, that's when the beautiful work is in motion. Tyler Perry, it took him, I think he said seven years before his, he had a play going on, before the play became a success. And he said, there's nothing that I, I did not do anything differently year after year after year. And the year that I became a success, he said, the only thing that I've done the prior is that I told my truth to my father. And then something opened up. You know, breaking open is part of finding who you truly are. And it is, it is hard. I understand. I, I will say that because most people usually say to me, you make things look like it's easy. <laughs> well, it's not easy. Okay. It's not easy. <laughs> it is not. You are in creation. How can it be easy? It's like, you know, women, we give, we, women, they are in labor as they are creating a human. You know how powerful that is? So how can it be easy? It's not, but it, it's good. It's good to persevere, to stay there, to understand who you are, to listen, and then break open. And the magnificence of you comes out. Isn't it wonderful? Gerda, the, the funny thing is, is it's absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Most people, this is another one percenter hmm. moment, yes. is because most people will not do it. Mm -hmm. I chose mm -hmm. transmute to transform because when we go through the process, that's exactly what we're doing. It's part of alchemy. Mm -hmm. We must be able to step into our darkness mm -hmm. and realize that we are the light to shine our own light so that we can see our own way out. But it's the biggest challenge that people get scared of because they don't wanna sit and wallow in their own junk in their trunk. But here's the beauty of it. It's not about wallowing and sitting in the junk of your trunk. It's looking at it as a bird's eye view. And as you said at the beginning, taking full responsibility for what you do and don't do, what you say, and don't say what you put up with and what you stayed silent about, mm -hmm. all these different things, it, it's not gonna happen overnight. I've been in personal development for 10 years. And the first five, I wasn't even scratching the surface. <laughs> yes. Because I was busy, I was busy in the junk in my trunk. And there's days where you're in fetal position in your bed. And you don't want to see anybody and you don't want anybody to see you like that. I want you to know that it's okay. When you're crying and you're shedding those tears, you are releasing what no longer serves you. Allow yourself to go through that because that right there in that moment, you are transmuting. Because when you're ready, you are going to stand up taller and stronger more knowledgeable, with more wisdom and courage than ever before. 
absolutely. Totally agree. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. That. Melanie? I was going to say, Sean, what else we got there? And oh, I, I, I guess it's time for me right now, Melanie. <laughs> it is time for you because we only have four minutes just to let you know. Oh my gosh, what happened, Gerda? We got to do this all the time. We've had fun. When we're having fun, time flies. <laughs> yes. So, Sean, go for it, please. Oh, well, station manager, uh, I applied that because that is what I do as the station manager of Voices for Ability Radio. And it's a really, really unique place to be. And you see, for me, it's not just a job title or an adjective. It's a lifestyle for me. So let me give a quick rundown of the station to folks so they have a little better understanding. But Voices for Ability is Canada's first internet-based radio station dedicated to individuals with disabilities, their caregivers, and allies. We are a mix of music and talk radio. So there are two things that I really need to focus on. On a day-to-day, -day, I'm with Melanie in the classroom, helping teach individuals with disabilities, various disabilities, about broadcasting. And I do that so I can hunt for people to host shows, people that could really have a voice and express things for individuals with disabilities. So on a daily basis, I'm in the classroom helping to shape those people and find them so that I can take those people and put them in a seat that I need filled. Now that's the talk show portion. The music, well, the music I love. I mean, 100% Canadian content of emerging artists, there's some great music out there. And because of that music, I actually have a question for you, Gerda. Why is it that I'm almost 50 and I finally get the job where I need to go out to the bars on the weekends listening to music? Why? Yes. Is that by default or design? How does that happen? No, is it by default of design? I, I think I'm making a part of my design. Aren't I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's a unique situation to be able to put all those things together. Hmm. And that's what I do day in, day out, day to day, and love every minute of it. Thanks for sharing, Sean. Very good, Sean. And now it is that time, Melanie. I can't believe it all. Oh. You know what? This has been so exciting, Gerda. What a way to mark our 30th episode. And mm -hmm. I really would love to just say, you know, it's been a journey. It's been a blast. And I've learned so much of this journey with you, Gerda. It's been a pleasure. But also, what a great way to celebrate with so many great conversations today. And although, you know, could be uncomfortable. I don't think it was today. I think everybody was at ease and thank you everybody for sharing, but you know, Gerda, our conversations never truly end, do they? <laughs> no, no, because you know, for me, I learn in conversation. I like to have my quiet time, but I learn in conversation. So that's why I'm always, you know, welcoming people to have a conversation. It could be on zoom. It could be face to face. And, you know, lately I started to celebrate, celebrate. There's so many ways to celebrate, so many ways. Today, it is our 30th episode. 
but you can celebrate with a friend. You can decide that, you know, with a friend, you are going to make a toast to one another. I've done that with a couple of my friends, you know, even after the day we've done it, like two weeks later, they're like, I'm still in that moment when you said all those beautiful things about me. And I'm like, this is the life because we are connecting with one another. This is it. This truly is it. So I am not only very humbled that you, our guests, decided to spend time with us, that it's been a pleasure since I've gotten to know Melanie since September of 2020. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure and that we started to work together. So that's why I also call myself blessed because I know that I am loved because this is what I give out to the world. Melanie. Yes, just, just quick thing to everybody, please, if you would like to stay back after our recording, we'd love to chat. But until next time, take another look. <laughs>